0: Our topic, Satan and Satanism, Part 3, and we've come to, um, we're going to look at Satan's tactic and plans, and uh, we're going to look at uh, demons and demonology today, and uh, I don't know if that might be this afternoon, and uh, I'm going to read from Revelation 9, and you'll know why in a moment. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star falling from heaven to the earth, To him was given the key to the bottomless pit, and he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like smoke of a great furnace, so the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came from the earth, and to them came upon the earth, and to them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power, and they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not given authority to kill them but to torment them for five months. And this is the unbelievers. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die and death will flee from them. The shape of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings was like the sound of the chariots with many horses running into battle. And they had tails like scorpions. And there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. Okay, let me just stop for a moment. Those are not, as Hal Lindsey says, attack helicopters. Verse 11 tells us what they were. And they had as king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek his name is Apollon. Pollyon. Okay, and we're told in another chapter that that's the devil. So the devil is the king over the demons. And just a side comment, uh, I mentioned Putin last week. The the tactic of Russia right now is to accuse Ukraine of being satanic. And uh, because they want to align with the West, and uh, the West is pro-homosexual and pro-transgendered and all these things, Uh, Russia's in a holy war to preserve holiness and goodness and all that? Well, f- first of all, their, attac- their, their attraction to the West is simply because they want freedom. They don't want to be, uh, have a, a dictator over them. Secondly, uh, yes, Europe is bad, and America and all these nations that have legalized homosexuality is bad. That is true. That is bad. Uh, but uh, that does not justify invading another nation that would be like saying, well, I know there's a homosexual living in the house next door. We're allowed to break down the door and shoot them. No, that's not lawful at all. Uh, homosexuality is wrong, and unjust warfare, which involves murder, rape, theft, all sorts of atrocities, torture. We know all of these things have occurred. Uh, that's just as bad, if not worse, than practicing homosexuality. So this idea that they're in a holy war in Ukraine is Satan is absolutely nonsense. But let's continue. We're going to look at Satan's tactic and plan. And I, I, I don't know if I talked about Satan as Belial and Beelzebub, so I'll, I'll finish with this and then we'll start with Satan's plan Satan is also called Belial, 2 Corinthians 6.15 and evil men are frequently called sons of Belial although Belial generally refers to someone who is worthless, especially ethically and spiritually, it came to designate someone who is evil, wicked, rebellious destructive, ungodly, and perverted it came to be used of people who do, are involved in especially egregious, perverted sins. In Judges 20, verse 13, it describes rapists and murderers. In Deuteronomy, it refers to people with wicked words in their hearts, 15.9, and to those who seduce others to sin, 13.13. 13. It is a synonym for a wicked, rebellious one in Job 34.18. In the Psalms, it is used as a synonym of death. 18:4 So Satan may be beautiful on the outside but his nature is evil to the very core. In 2 Corinthians 6:15, Belial is named as the antithesis of Christ. Jesus the truth and lord of right and of light and righteousness is the opposite of Satan the prince of lies, darkness and lawlessness. So the devil supreme object is to overthrow the holy and righteous purposes of God and replace them with evil, sin, rebellion, lies, and lawlessness. That is human autonomy from God. Okay, you say to yourself, well, why do these uh, Democrats, these these Democrats, these progressives in these Democratic-run cities uh, legalize crime? Why do they let why do they want to let rapists and murderers out of jail? Well, that's. They believe that uh, the victims of society are the guilt, the guilty ones because they're white and they're racist. And these people are oppressed. And they justify crime and they side with Satan. The antithesis between Jesus and his kingdom and the devil in his kingdom is absolute. 1 John 3 9, uh, 7 to 8. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. But Jesus came to earth, verse 8b, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So one is either for Christ or against him. And if you do not believe in Christ and follow him, then you are a servant and follower of Satan. There's no... Uh, you have to serve somebody the old bob Dylan song uh, when before he apostatized uh, but you're either a ser- serving satan and covenantally under his authority or you're serving Christ and you're covenantally under Christ's authority in the gospels the devil is often called beelzebub matthew 10:25 12 24 27 mark 3:22 Luke 11, 15, 18, and 19. The word Beelzebub from the Greek, Belzebul, was a Jewish term of derision for the devil, meaning dung god. Or the god of excrement. So it's a mockery of the devil. It mocks Satan who desires to be the god over everything, but who in reality is a god over total worthlessness. His is a kingdom in God's eyes, of excrement. He promises paradise, freedom, bliss, and supreme joy, but brings death, suffering, evil, and destruction. Satan and his stepchildren, atheism, witchcraft, the occult, and the magical arts, or sorcery, are very popular today because people are promised self-fulfillment, supreme liberty, self-actualization, and great enjoyment out of life by rejecting the true God and embracing the satanic worldview which is founded upon human autonomy and self-law. But the opposite of believing in Christ and obeying God's holy law and serving God is not liberty or freedom and joy, but lawlessness, slavery to sin, chaos and death. Go on YouTube sometime and watch these channels. There's one that it's on Kensington in North Philadelphia, and they show all the these ones that show people who are living on the streets in these tents who are they're drug addicts. They're drug addicts. They've given themselves over to self-love and self-law, and the result is is total slavery and misery. It's sad to look at, but that's the goal of Satan. That's what Satanism leads to. One cannot create his own reality because we live in a God-created, God-controlled universe. One can deny reality, one can deny this all that one wants and boldly assert one's own reality. But such thinking is total vanity and worthlessness, that is, a pile of excrement. Because one cannot escape the fact that we are God's creatures, that he is sovereign and in control. We need to face the true reality in this life, or we will certainly face it at the final judgment when we stand before the glorified Savior, Jesus Christ, who's sitting on his white lustrious throne. Satan offers peace. He offers joy. He offers self-fulfillment, bliss, wonderful joys, fun fulfillment. And sin may taste sweet at first, but it is bitter in the stomach and brings death. Now we come to Satan's tactic and plans. We have already learned about the, a lot about the devil's operation from his names and designations. However, it will be helpful to look at the passages that describe his activities and more completely describe his work in the world. Okay, we know what Satan is, what he's like, what is he, what is he trying to do in this world. And the Bible is quite clear. In Genesis 3 2 5, we see Satan operating on earth to thwart God's plan and purposes. The devil does not want a kingdom of righteous submission to God, so he deceived Eve and tempted her to sin so that a kingdom of human autonomy from God will be established. Independence from God. Do your own thing. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Aleister Crowley, the Satanist, the magician, his, his, his motto was, do what thou wilt. And that's the essence of Satanism. Reject God's authority, reject God's word, do whatever you want. And if that involves bestiality, so be it. If that involves being a drug, act, drug addict, so be it. If that involves sadomasochism, then so be it. That is Satanism. His subtle deceptions and clever lies are designed to establish rebellion, (coughs) lawlessness, and chaos, chaos and separation from God. The devil does not want a human civilization based on godly dominion or the following of God's instructions for life. He wants a worldwide empire established on man acting as God, determining his own truths and laws. And you say to yourself... How in the world can these people say that a man is a woman and a woman is a man? How can people say that? Well, that's simply the satanic philosophy that you determine your own truth. You determine your own reality. Now, it flies completely in the face of facts, of what really is. But they've been doing this with ethics for centuries, The result was a world of man so corrupt, violent, and criminal, that Yahweh washed the earth clean of Satanists with a worldwide flood. Genesis six five to thirteen. And God says in there, He talks about the violence, inner cities. You know, I like to watch the news on YouTube and stuff, and you see these uh, people being killed and shot in broad daylight in our in our some of our major cities, in Chicago. Uh, 35, 40 people will be shot over the weekend. That Satan seeks a one-world civil government ruled over by a satanic, tyrannical warlord can be deduced from Nimrod in the Tower of Babel incident, Genesis chapter 11. Satan wants a one-world empire that follows his plan against God. If men will not be governed by the Holy Spirit the Word of God, they will be controlled and coerced by humanistic, idolatrous tyrants. In the book of Revelation, Satan works through tyrannical political leaders, the Beast, Revelation 13one 10 in league with false satanic religious leaders, Revelation 1311 18 Satan seeks to dominate a society's culture, and culture to an extent reflects a society's religion or worldview. The whole thing against Jesus Christ in Israel, now Israel was apostate, now there there were true believers in Israel, we see that, and Christ gathered them, the elect, within the elect nation, but the political leaders were in league with the religious leaders to kill the messiah. Satan seeks to dominate politics. Satanic humanistic political leaders implement a satanic law order and persecute the saints, seeking to impede the growth and influence of Christ's kingdom on society. The Democrats, when they've interviewed Republicans that were going to that were up well, they were up for being judges, and they were freaked out. And these were probably, I, I guess, Roman Catholics but they don't know the difference between a true Christian and a Roman Catholic, so they just assumed they were Christians. And their big thing was, their, their great fear was that they might apply the Bible to law. And, uh, <laughs> they're sat- it's just so obvious they're satanic. The source of law in a society is the God or ultimate authority in that society. <clears throat> in a nation ruled by secular humanistic positivistic law orders, efforts will be made to replace Christian ethics with satanic ethics. And you know the examples. Abortion on demand. Don't put murderers to death. No. That's terrible. You can't put murderers to death, but innocent babies who have never done any crimes, they should be killed. Why? Eh. So you can have a better better vacation and have more money and they deny that the baby's a baby they treat it like it's a tumor uh, which once again they're creating their own reality it's so obviously false it's absurd one part of the hospital may be saving an unborn baby who had to be born premature the other part of the hospital is killing babies and that's we're told that's rationalism that's rational. Sodomite rights and even sodomite marriage. And once again, it's obviously unnatural. The rectum is not a sex organ. It's a perversion. It's disgusting. It's filthy. It's an abomination. That's what God says. The transgender perversion... No death penalty for murder, the legalization or toleration of many crimes. Satan's philosophy arises from darkness, chaos, immorality. Isaiah 5.20 Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. The rise and intensification of violence, crime, sexual perversion, and political coercion in our society are reflections of a rising consistency with Satanism in our culture. It's true. It's very clear. They know that the, the, the progressives know that their enemy are Bible-believing Christians. They're not afraid of some lesbian minister who is in favor of abortion and sodomite rights and is basically a secular humanist. They're not a believer at all. They're not, they're, those people don't bother them. They're bothered by people who place Jesus Christ and the Word of God above the state and say, this is immoral because God says it's immoral. In Job 1.7 and 2.2, 2, we, uh, we see that although Satan is a finite spiritual being, he likes to do his work on earth where sinful men are easy prey. He goes back and forth on the earth, that's in the text. His desire for his own rule and influence is worldwide. When the Bible speaks of him as the prince of this world, John 12, 14, 30, 16, 11, it is not because God has given him authority over the earth, but because evil men follow his principles. Satan doesn't have authority over the trees and the mountains and the plants and all that. His influence is over men because men love autonomy and sin, and they follow Satan's philosophy. He rules over the unbelieving world system in rebellion against God and Jesus Christ. Paul says that the devil exercises his power or influence over, quote, the sons of disobedience, Ephesians 2.2. Satan sometimes personally, but usually through his subordinates, the host of demons, is very active in engaging the minds of wicked people who reject the true God. And we'll discuss this this afternoon, Lord willing. All disobedience and rebellion flows from unbelief, Hebrews 4 6, which results in human autonomy, religious and ethical human autonomy, and Satan and his forces stimulate unbelief by subtle suggestions justifying it and even glorifying it. In, Asia, in Ephesians 2 2, Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. The word translated prince, basilea, can also be translated domain or realm. It's, it's the general word you would use for a king in his kingdom. It is used of a domain in, in the Greek Septuagint and Psalm, for example Psalm 113:2 and other New Testament passages. Luke 4:8, see Matthew 4:8, Colossians 1:13. The domain of darkness. Paul is teaching that Satan and his league of demons moves about our atmosphere unseen. The power of the air. It's talking about our atmosphere. That is where they're doing their work, in their realm. <coughs> now they're unseen. They're incorporeal. The evil spirits are not yet cast into the lake of fire. In the present age in the New Covenant era, the evil spirits are not with the holy angels and saints in heaven, but carry on their evil work on planet Earth when Jesus was about to cast the legion of demons out of a man in God's providence, that was our scripture reading today, Luke 8, their chief concern was that Christ would not send them into the abyss. Luke eight thirty to 31 verse 31 says, they begged him. They begged Are you here to torment us before the time? Don't send us into the abyss, please! They know. They know that they're under God's wrath and the judgment is coming. They know that. A time is coming when they will be cast into the bottomless pit forever. The result was that Christ sent them into the herd of swine, Luke 8:32 and 33. Although Satan and his forces have been chained or restrained by God in a certain sense, we'll talk about that when we talk about Satan's defeat, so the gospel of Christ can go forth to all the nations, see Revelation 12:2 and 3, they are still very active in this world. They're very active in this world. And we're not going to get to it today, but when we talk about fighting, we'll get to a little bit in application. We're going to have application wove into certain things, but there'll be a section on application. But the way to defeat them is believe in Christ and trust the Word of God and obey the Word of God. If you obey the Word of God and you have faith, they can't do anything to you other than what God allows them to do in the way of maybe sickness or something, like Job. Sodomites, for example, have not only declared their wicked, perverted, unnatural sexual behavior to be ethical, but also virtuous. Boldly and flamboyantly, we are told it is something we are to be proud of. Hey, hey Bob, look at my son. He's a sodomite. Isn't that great? He goes to gay bathhouses and he has sex with 20 different guys over the weekend. Isn't that awesome? Why would you be proud of that? You know, if you have a son and he's a pagan and he's out fornicating, you wouldn't be proud of that. They understand that they are at war with God and will not cease until they are cast into the lake of fire. And the Apostle John agrees with Paul when he says, the whole world lies under the sway of the evil one. 1 John 5.19 Christians know. Unbelievers, yes. By deception and lies, Satan took control of the entire non-saved world of fallen men. When he tempted Jesus, he showed him all the great pagan empires of the world, and he said they belong to him. And in a certain sense, they do. Because these people who are unbelievers are following his philosophy. This dire situation teaches us that there can be no political, ethical, epistemological, or religious neutrality between believers and unbelievers. The antithesis between Christ's kingdom and Satan's kingdom is both radical and comprehensive. And that's the basis for Paul's command in 1 Corinthians. uh, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That applies to much more than simply marriage or having close friends. It applies to business in other things you don't start a business with a pagan you start a business with another christian you don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers because light has nothing in common with darkness christ has nothing in common with belial moral evil has nothing in common with the law of god the devil so the the antithesis between Christ's kingdom and Satan's kingdom, is both radical and comprehensive. The devil reigns over unbelievers, even when they appear to have some civil or external good works. Now, the doctrine of total depravity, as you all know, depravity extends to every aspect of man. But that doesn't mean man is as evil as he could be. God restrains the wicked. And men can do many outwardly good things. The Reformers called it civic righteousness. You could have a pagan grandfather and He might even give food to the poor and help you paint your house. But that's not the point. The world of unbelievers is enslaved to him and held firmly in his clutches. Unbelieving philosophies are corrupted by him and filled with his poison. Therefore, the idea that nations can be neutral with respect to religion and rule in a purely secular, neutral manner is itself a lie of the devil. oh, well, you know, education, reading, writing, and arithmetic, that's neutral. Go ahead, send your kids to the public school. And so you send your kids to the public school, and they're being taught that homosexuality homosexuality is virtuous and wonderful and that uh, transgenderism is good, and at the library they'll have a a transvestite come in and do a little dance for the children and, uh, and, and all these inappropriate things. No, there is no neutrality. The world of unregenerated humanity is held under Satan's sway, and thus by nature and philosophy or worldview will always be against Christ's kingdom. Now I always wondered, you know, the leftists, the progressives, didn't have much of a, they really didn't have a problem with Islam, but they hated the Church of Christ. Well, that's because Islam and secular humanists are both on the same side. They're both serving Satan. Here's what Jesus said. John 15, 18-19. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. And by the way, the passage, uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 14-18. <clears throat> When I see these guys on TV, these, so, these you know, supposed miracles like Joel Osteen and they're on Oprah Winfrey and they're super popular with the world, why is that? Well, it's because they're not really teaching the Gospel. They're not really teaching the Bible. They're teaching a humanistic philosophy that exalts man and ignores God. God for Joel Osteen and Christ are simply props for his pop psychology. It's a totally satanic religion. Christ didn't come so you could have a bigger house and whiter teeth and a fancier car. He came to save you from your sins. Now, if you're obedient to the law of God habitually and you follow biblical principles, generally you will prosper. That's true. Because you're not out there wasting your money on prostitutes and booze and sorting coke. Yeah, you'll do better. (laughs) And of course, you'll work six days a week. Satan works to extend his kingdom and influence by working in unbelievers, Ephesians 2.2. 2. His influence at times can be, with God's permission, can extend to bodily diseases and infirmities, Luke 13.16, Job 2.7. Not all diseases are caused by demons and the devil, but the Bible is crystal clear that some are. Some are. And when the demon was cast out, the disease, the infirmity, left what the Bible says, and the Bible cannot lie. He can work in some in the some manner. Uh, he can work in some manner on an unbeliever's mind. For example, Judas. He entered into Judas. Luke twenty-two three. The devil can work once again only if God permits natural disasters. And some scholars believe it's a pretty common view that Jesus rebuking of the waves indicates a rebuking of the demonic forces that cause the waves. Mark nine twenty-five. In great old John Calvin, the reformer, who was one of the greatest scholars who ever lived, a brilliant man, and a very godly man, he he believed that the weather was controlled by angels. That God had intermediaries controlling the wind and the weather. In the Gospels, people are possessed by demons, and as a consequence, act insane and are often dangerous. Luke 8.27 And I decided to have a whole section on demons, because there's a lot about demons in the Bible. His influence over wicked political rulers is emphasized in Scripture, for example, Revelation 12 and 13. Biden, Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, are satanic. They are satanists. Now, Biden probably claims to be a Roman Catholic. I think he's a Roman Catholic. Pelosi claims to be a Roman Catholic. But murdering babies is satanic. Stealing from people so you can have a bureaucracy and buy votes, is satanic. Corruption in government is satanic. These people are satanists. Paul indicates that he is behind false religions and counterfeit heretical sex in 2 Corinthians 11, 14-15. When Muhammad supposedly saw the vision of the the angel in the cave that came to him, uh, he had an older woman that was... Became his wife, I believe. Uh, he thought it was a de- he thought it was a de- demonic being, and it was her who convinced Muhammad that no, 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 this is from God. But he was at first convinced it was a demon, and he was right; she was wrong. The origin of Mormonism, the origin of Islam, the origin of uh, false religions, comes from Satan. It comes from Satan. One of his chief tactics against the church is to permeate, to promote counterfeit Christians and teachers, to poison and corrupt the church from within. Matthew 13, 24 and 39, and 2 Corinthians 11, 13 to 14. You know, there's a wheat field, and the devil comes along and he plants a bunch of tares among the wheat. Why? He wants to cause chaos and havoc, and just he wants to corrupt the church. And his persecuting of the church and murdering Christians uh, has not been nearly as effective as compromising the church with heresy so that the church becomes a synagogue of Satan. That's true of what happened to original Judaism, and Christ himself calls the Jewish religion in his day, in the first century, a synagogue of Satan. They claim to be Jews. They are not, because true Jews believe in Christ. They are physical Jews, but they're Satanists. It's true, and that's true of Roman Catholicism as well. Roman Catholicism persecuted the true Christians after the Reformation and burned them at the stake and murdered them and burned piles of Bibles. They're Satanists through and through. God has been much more uh, excuse me Satan has been much more effective in destroying professing Christians through corruption within the church. And read Philip Schaff's History of the Church. He wants people to follow false Christs, false apostles, and false prophets or preachers whose teachings are demonic, even though they claim they are servants of Christ and use religious terminology. Think, for example, of all the mainline churches where they teach pro sodomite rights, abortion on demand, socialism, communism, Uh, They have nothing to do with the Bible. Everything they believe in and teach is completely contrary to the word of God. Yet they're wearing clericals and they're so-called ministers and they they profess Christ and they sing hymns. It's blasphemous what they're doing. And this tactic has been very effective. The apostate Roman Catholic Church heretical preachers and cult leaders have sent millions of deluded souls straight to hell. Think of all the Mormons there are. What do they have? Like six million Mormons, ten million Mormons in the United States alone, and they're all over the world spreading their lies. They teach that Jesus and Satan uh, are gods. That Satan was Jesus' brother. They t- they teach that you, you can be your own god and own your own planet, and they, they used to teach polygamy. They're they're absolute Satanists, and the founder of Mormonism. We know it's a fact was a con artist and a liar and habitual fornicator. Teachers who claim to serve the true God but deny the gospel form not true churches but synagogues of Satan, Revelation two nine and three nine. And by the way, those are the words of Christ, synagogues of Satan. Satan actively works to blind men to the light of the gospel, Second Corinthians 4.3 and 4. For once a man truly believes and bows the knee to Christ, he has passed from darkness to life, to life, from death to life. First John one five to seven, and John three sixteen to eighteen, and now lives under the intercession and protection of Jesus Christ. The intercession and protection of Jesus Christ. He is our chief enemy. He is our chief adversary who accuses the saints in the presence of God and does everything he can to cause us to sin against him. He is portrayed as vicious, prowling, a predatory beast, a roaring lion ready to kill and eat its prey. <clears throat> Perhaps the apostle had Psalm twenty-two thirteen in mind where the enemies of Christ mock-tempted and insulted Jesus like a raging and roaring lion. That's what it says in the psalm. Satan and his multitude of demons wander about watching Christians looking for their weaknesses, their inconsistencies, and vulnerabilities in order to exploit them and cause them to fall <coughs> and destroy them. If he can't get them to go apostatize, he wants them to be compromised so much that they can no longer work effectively for the kingdom. And I've seen... I know eight different ministers, eight, of course, this is over a period uh, since the 70s. (laughs) I know eight different ministers who have committed adultery and been defrocked. And of course, five of them are no longer married to their wives. They left their wives. Although powerful, cruel, deceptive, and murderous, he has been defeated by Christ, and we have everything we need to resist him if we are faithful and diligent. We are to resist him by being spiritually wide awake or alert, and we are to watch and pray against entering into temptation, Matthew 26:41). and we must stand firm in the faith. <clears throat> the teachings of Scripture must be known and used as our offense and defense against the forces of evil. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do every time he was tempted of the devil? It is written. Or literally, it stands written. God says this. I don't care what you say. You say evolution is true. Well, God says it's not true. You're a liar. God says that it's okay. uh, I mean, Satan says it's okay to go out and commit fornication if you're in love and you're dedicated. God says that's a lie. Love does not contradict the law of God, 1 Corinthians 13. Love obeys the word of God. Jesus said that. Paul said that. Satan, you're a liar. One cannot fight properly or effectively if one is ignorant or has doubts. Professing Christians who do not know scripture and theology become easy prey for satanic errors and heresies, as well as syncretism with our pagan culture and i've said this many i've said this before in other sermons but i used to be a door-to-door salesman back in the 70s when i was first a professing christian and i would run into mormons and i'd run into jehovah's witnesses frequently and a jehovah's witness said to me i said well who 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 do you have the most success with and he he actually told me he says look the the best people are people in in mainline churches liberal churches they don't know the Bible at all. They know absolutely nothing, and of course, nominal Roman Catholics was another one they really liked. The worst thing they want to run into is a Bible-believing Christian who studies the Bible and quotes scripture. Me and my wife, we, we celebrated our anniversary late. Uh, last month, we were in, uh, at the beach, and there were uh, Jehovah's Witnesses women handing out literature on the, uh, up on the sidewalk up off the beach. And I confronted them with several scriptures indicating that Jesus Christ was God. And you know what they did? They packed up and they left. <laughs> and I was nice. I was nice, you know. But that's the, wor- the, the best thing you can do is know scripture and adhere it to it. Christians who, who doze because they are lazy, complacent, and worldly are easy prey for the devil. He creeps up on them and pounces on them like a roaring lion. Now we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back. We're going to look at 1 Peter five eight, where Peter is just, uh, Satan is described as a roaring lion. And then we've got some... Uh, we want to look at demons. Uh, there's there's a bunch... just You know, Satan can only be in one place at, at a time. Um, so most of the work on regular people like you and me is going to be by demons. And Of course, uh, you know, Satan's going to be after... More prominent people, obviously. Um, So we'll look at that. It's very interesting. But it's important that we understand, you know, that passage we read last week. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. There's demonic forces behind Joe Biden, behind Nancy Pelosi, behind the local college professor who's teaching socialism, behind Karl Marx, behind Sigmund Freud, behind Joel Olstein, behind these people that are working to destroy us and working to have a satanic culture in society that suppresses Christ, the truth about Christ and his kingdom and his people. So we'll, we'll stop here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your teaching. We know, we haven't got to it yet, we're going to study it, but we know that Christ has had complete and total victory. Definitive, total victory over the devil at the cross and the empty tomb. We know that he is right now interceding at the right hand, at your right hand, for us. And his intercession cannot fail. And he intercedes 24 hours a day, all the time, for us. We thank you for that, Lord, for that protection. But we ask, Lord, that you would increase our faith in your holy word. That we would be obedient, that we would walk uprightly and follow your statutes. That we would follow your truth. And serve Christ faithfully. That is our, our strength. Put on the whole armor of God. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.